Welcome to the Be Free RE podcast, where you learn how to make your job optional. I'm your host, John, who's just getting started on his journey. But in the last year, I moved across the country, bought four apartments, make money as a landlord, no longer pay rent, and I have my first child. I'm joined by your co-host and my guide, Tony Angotti, who in five years quit his job and now manages over 80 units through a combination of house hacks, flips, and partnerships. So with that, let's jump into how you can do less of what you have to do and more of what you want to do. All right, Tony. What's up, man? Different day. <laughs> Moved along. I say that all the time. It's my go-to. Yeah. I am looking at a letter that I got from the Dormont Volunteer Fire Department because I gave them a donation for the year. Um, so my cause of the week is to say that right now, because volunteer fire departments can't do their usual fundraisers like fairs and stuff, they're kind of hurting for money. So consider donating to your local volunteer fire department Whoa. if you haven't already. And if you give them a nice donation you might get a handwritten thank you card so they all they didn't know how to do the uh tax contribution form though so they literally just sent me a receipt which is kind of funny yeah well is this the beginning of your political career is this is what's happening (laughs) hopefully not (laughs) i don't think i could beat out kanye he uh oh man he's got a pretty cool campaign going wow So, so much there what can million you million dollars for everybody? Yeah. Well, I haven't heard about that, but I like that idea of it. Uh, I'm sure it comes yeah. from Jeff Bezos. Well, today we have uh, Mustafa calling in. Uh, he's asking for uh, kind of wh- what do you wish you had known about house hacks? And then we have mm-hmm. uh, the city guy calling. He's got a mailbag actually. He wrote in and uh, uh, he's actually a tenant and he's asking about the legality of uh, an 8% rate increase, uh, rent increase. So with that, let's jump over to uh, Mustafa and see what he's got going on. Hey, John and Tony. My name is Mustafa from Pittsburgh. Um, my question is, uh, I'm trying to get into house hack and I'll want each of you to answer what are the three things you wish you knew or someone who is new into house hack should pay attention to, like what are the potential potholes or issues that I need to watch out before starting my house hack. Thank you. With house hacking, I guess basically the question is just what are some issues to anticipate and what are some things that maybe could go wrong? That's that's what we're getting at, right? Yeah, that was my, my impression. Seemed a little more focused on the, the potholes, I think was the word he used, than the, the positives. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that the biggest thing that maybe I wish I would have done, but I don't necessarily think I would change is just having more money to start. I think that house hacking is something that you do when you don't have a lot of money. That's kind of the benefit of it. But I know that there were definitely situations where we kind of had to make repairs instead of replacements with stuff that we totally should have just replaced like roofs or boilers or things like that. And not having a bunch of money up front made it really slim at the time especially when you have a tenant relying on you to maintain their stuff so that caused more stress than i probably would have otherwise had i think that was the most stressful thing for me about my first house hack was just that just the money stress there um that was the worst thing there's a whole bunch of negative stuff that could have happened like we could have been bad at picking our tenant it's always going to be a worst time trying to evict someone when they literally live next to you that was a huge fear of mine so i went crazy screening them i like i looked at everything i possibly could 
on the people before I would place them, um, just so that I didn't put myself next to a psychopath. Um, that was, was a good idea. We also, we didn't do dogs because dogs make noises. We didn't want to deal with barking, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think really the biggest potential pitfall would just be the awkwardness if they stop paying. Like, if you literally live next to them, that's super awkward. And then also the awkwardness if you can't fulfill their maintenance requests. Like, right now, it's impossible impossible to find a refrigerator. Like, I can't... <laughs> I, I'm still dealing with this refrigerator from two months ago. And we've ordered it now with three different companies, and each company has canceled on us, saying that they don't actually have stock. Yeah. And there are no parts to repair the refrigerator. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We can't fi- we can't find a handyman that will go to someone's house to pick it up from Facebook Marketplace. I'm like Man. out of options except buy a fridge. I could yeah. buy a what? new one. Just buy a new one. <laughs> no, that's what I mean. We've ordered new one three different. Times. Oh wow, that's pretty insane. Do we just lose our call? Yeah. Times and they've canceled the new. What are you doing? We're back now. I lost you. Oh, okay. Editing or no, no editing. Yeah. This is an uncut show, so no editing. No. We'll one cut. day we'll get to editing. One we hire a nice upwork russian guy to edit our stuff for us and in between we'll receive trump advertising i'm oh, sorry this isn't a uh, a political thing but whatever uh, unproven now we have to edit um whatever who cares so to get back to the point i think that the potential awkwardness which you just got a taste of a ton of awkwardness um is just stuff that could happen that's bad and you live right there there's like no anonymity the tenant knows where you live so that's probably the biggest potential hurt and there's really nothing you can do about it other than set your expectations up front appropriately so that you're not expecting us to be perfect and then you're disappointed. And then my other biggest pitfall is just the fact that you usually start house hacking when you have less money. So it becomes a little bit more of a money stressor. Those are two things I can think of. Can you think of anything else? Those are the main two on my list as well, really, is like you're living next to your tenant. So they're going to expect you to be extra responsive. And if they aren't great, it's going to be very you know yeah in your face um and then kind of on the same side uh, for our house hack i think we we did replacements we did repairs where we also should have done replacements not really because we were as cash strapped but it was just our first deal and we like wanted to have things come in right on the spreadsheet and uh we were just a little too short-sighted i think um so those would be the probably the the main two for me as well i'm trying to think what else um i would also just like do you want to fix the place up while you live in it or not you know are you going to do all the work and then move in or are you going to do all the work after you move out uh or are you going to yeah. do it while you're in it um because i think it's easy to say oh i'll just fix it while i'm in it but you know like i mean i know you've had your place where there's just like a chair in the middle of the room and that's it for a while you know or there's yeah. brown paper all over the floor that's like you know yeah it's not for everyone there's that part of it too i mean i think that is the thing that it comes up with a lot of people because when people think about house hacking they think about upgrading it but like another thing is if you only have one bathroom and one kitchen and you're doing the work yourself and it takes you a long time to do it it's like that's a lot of showering at the gym right yeah i mean yep i don't know that's kind of not just house hacking but any kind of live-in project and i think it sounds like a romantic ideal to do all the work yourself and you know 
know, bootstrap this thing and grind and hustle and all the hustle culture words that people bring up when they do this stuff. Um, I think that sounds great, but then whenever you bust up your tub drain and you can't <laughs> use your, uh, yeah. you can't take a shower for like two weeks, then it uh, becomes a lot less romantic of a notion. So yeah becomes very even inconvenient you, yeah even if you are house hacking and you plan on fixing a place up yourself i would still suggest if you can keep your apartment that you rent for the period of time when you're fixing it up just because we didn't do that we jumped right into our place and yeah it uh, it wasn't bad i mean it wasn't the worst thing in the world it just there were easier ways to do it we should have just kept renting and fixed it up although we didn't have the money to do that when i got started so right that wasn't really an option which is again goes back to the money issue yep. maybe it would be it would behoove everybody to save up some more money before they started and not spend every penny on their property however that goes back to the whole you're better off jumping into the fire than you are trying to wait till everything's perfect because nothing is ever perfect so yeah i, I would say yeah like sort of reiterate what tony's saying if you only have one toilet and you have to do bathroom stuff you know that's going to be extremely difficult <laughs> just the logistics uh yeah. and if you're redoing your tub and you only have one shower tub same thing it's a little more flexible you can go to the gym but pretty hard to go to the gym every time you have to go to the bathroom or whatever just uh, medieval times that yeah throw it out the window yeah you know for us guys maybe but for <laughs> the, the city doesn't really yeah. look very kindly on well not practice anymore yeah we have combined sewer and water here in pittsburgh so we won't get into details about it anyway but uh, the, honestly, the other thing I would say to you, Mustafa, is uh, I wish I had started it sooner. And I actually asked my wife the same question, and that was her first answer. It was like, I wish we had just started it sooner. So despite all of the, the, old... the groaning, uh, it's been <laughs> one of the best things that's happened for us in our in our life. We've done it more than once, actually, now. So uh, highly... It's like one of those things whenever people say your interview questions, like, what's your weakness? And you're like, I care too much. The opportunity cost answer is always the, I'm too much of a perfectionist <laughs> interview. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about right now, but I think you're trying to okay, say that's a, that's a cop out answer. But uh, it is the cop out. Well, it's the cop out answer. Yeah. The opportunity cost, but it's totally true. Also, I think everybody says they. Yeah, I mean, my main point is like you know we are complaining about all the things that could go wrong, but in general, it's been a tremendously positive experience for us. So yeah, me as well. Yeah. All right. Well, that was pretty rad. Uh, I think our summary was like have enough money slash spend it right. Um, and then we talked about, you know, it's not quite so romantic to actually do all the work yourself. Quite inconvenient. So think about that. And then, of course, perhaps the obvious one is uh, you're going to be living next to your tenant or tenant. So you're going to have quite literally face to face interaction with them. Uh, so that's something you're going to have to really think about. What did I miss, Tony? Nothing. All right. In that case, we're going to jump into the mailbag question. It's from Throwaway City Guy. Uh, he's a tenant in New York City. He says, my, my mom has lived in an apartment for eight years. Last year, she got a rent increase of 8% with one month's notice. This year, they raised her rent again by 8%. They let her know two days ago. Um, and again, she has 30 days. Is there anything she can do? Can she contest this? Uh, you know, will they accuse her of being late on rent if she does contest it? So kind of a question from the tenant perspective, but we could probably uh, maybe speak to both sides. Uh, maybe not from the New York City perspective specifically, because I don't know if either of us are going to know the rules and regulations there, but uh, yeah. we could talk in generalities. I think it'll be, you know, people have the internet nowadays. So they'll figure out their... Useful-ish. Yeah. Um, yeah. So number one, he says he's in New York City, so I'm not sure if they have rent control, if they 
they have rent control, then you might actually have something that you can go by. Um, as a landlord too, you might have those rules to follow depending on your market. But I think in most markets and where we are locally, there's not really rent control. So as a landlord, you're kind of free to do whatever you want. And it sounds to me like this person's probably been in this building for a while and somebody may have taken over the building new and they're giving them these rent increases for two reasons. One, obviously to improve the amount of income they're making on the property. And two, because they probably just want to get them out so they can renovate it and get a much higher um, amount of rent, which in some cases is useful. Um, we do that too. We like raise rent uh, to a certain amount that would probably just make the tenants leave. But if they pay it, then okay, whatever. Um, now, if you're actually trying to keep them, which I think where the conversation is on this, 8% is a lot in most circumstances. However, percentages are kind of useless to think about. What I think is more useful to think about is just you should do a market rent review mm -hmm. before you send out increases and send out um, send out an increase based on the new market rent. And if the tenant is a good tenant, then we usually only give them like small increases, $15, $30, something so they don't leave. But the reason I didn't even used to give good tenants increases unless they were really behind Behind. like as long as they were still at market rent I used to just keep them there but I started doing $15 at my property managers recommendation actually she she told me to do it because we started having things like the amount of water charges went up or like you have random tax rate increases or stuff and if you're behind on those rent increases then you're not keeping up with that and she said that where she used to work they did it they did $15 no matter what because then any of these little changes to build to them didn't really matter. And what we do with all our rent increase letters is we also print out almost like a car fact. We print out a market rent report from Rentometer, obviously that we've tailored to help our case, but we print out a Rentometer reports so that it's reasonably impartial. And then we say, you know, we're giving you an increase to this. If you were to leave, this is the market rent that you're looking at anyway. As you see, your rent is in line with that. So if you really want, are mad about this and you want to hire your movers and go through moving, which is a pain for everybody, then you should just stick around. And that actually helps head off a lot of the angry, nasty grams from tenants. Just that, um, that market rent report being included because they see like, even though it's sort of tailored, I mean, there's only so much you can do when you kind of mess with the data. Like you can just mess with how big of a geography it factors in. You can't like delete data points or anything. So yeah, in, that's, that's in, my two cents on the topic. Yeah, I think uh, we, we do something very similar with the rent increases. Uh, it's a little more psychological. It's just like there's going to be a rent increase. You know, like you should, you know, we just want them to expect it. And uh, yeah, I don't, we're not quite as thoughtful as like the why behind it uh other than just we, we don't want it to be like a well i haven't gotten one in the last couple of years and now i have one you know just want the default to be like there will be one it's just how big will it be and and we're, we're also like in the 15 dollar range in case i didn't say that already uh for the for that yeah. scenario um yeah in terms of rent control for the tenant uh usually when there is rent control it's based on uh like cost of living index so when i lived in other places it was like three percent maximum something like that so yeah i would definitely try and figure that out uh, as a landlord I really hope you're aware of rent control before you buy the place because it has you know just such a dramatic impact on your ability to manage the property and the, the tenant dynamics you should expect you know if you have a rent control place you know 
renting to a family that has like a four-year-old and a six-year-old you know they're basically like picking people that are going to move in right so versus like a young couple who's doesn't have any kids and they're from out of town or something you know they have an out-of-town uh, area code it's like pretty good chance that they're not going to be living there forever so anyway uh, the other the other point on the rent increase that I had too was that um, in those rent increase letters, if there's some reason that we can tie to it, like for instance in the newsletter for the one area that we have buildings in, the like quarterly newsletter for the area, it said in the next two years we'll be increasing taxes by this much percent because of these reasons. And then we also got the letter from the water company that said the next few years water will go up by this much. We include that information in their rent increase so that they know that it's not just us being crazy because to put somebody in a, I usually tell them when they lease, I'm like for my own buildings, not for the ones that I manage because most of the owners that I manage for want to do year increases. But for the ones that I own, I usually say the first renewal, I'm not going to increase your rent unless there's a reason to, unless there's like more expenses or whatever. But after the first renewal, you should expect rent increase. That way they don't like move into a place and then think rent is cheap. And then one year down the road, they're like, the landlord's just going to jack my rent something. Yeah. So I think that that helps get people into the building. Yeah. All right. Well, and we don't like put that in writing or anything, but. Yeah. 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 What was that? No. Yeah. I'm with you. I wouldn't put that in writing either. It's just, you know, I, I agree with what you're saying. Okay. So for this tenant. I think our recommendation is definitely go figure out your rent control laws. Um, and then in terms of just understanding rent increases, you know, you should figure out what market rent is. You should understand if your mother has had below rent because she's lived in there for the last eight years and they're just catching her up to market. And uh, yeah, they kind of may be trying to evict her, but that's not necessarily illegal. It just doesn't feel great. So that's kind of the landlord slash tenant side. I don't know. Summary for you, Tony? Yeah, that's pretty much it. We're good. <laughs> all right. We're good on that. All right. Well, that's all, <laughs> that's all we got on this week. Tony, do you have something that you've learned that you want to share with everyone, of course? Yeah. So I kind of was the importance of knowing different tools and real estate investing techniques, um, being familiar with them, but maybe not like gunning straight for those things came to light this week. We're dealing with a seller who owns a building and we're trying to agree on a price. And when we were trying to agree on a price, we realized that part of the problem with the seller, this is obviously market is that when he makes the money he doesn't know what to put it into so he's like yeah it would be great to sell my building i don't want to manage it anymore but i have no clue what i want to put it into and it's always useful to ask sellers like what are you going to do with this money once once you close like not in a nebby way but just in a you know just trying to get some information for because this is when you hear i don't know what i'm going to do with the money that's a perfect scenario to introduce seller finance so we basically said well why are you selling? And then they, he said, because I don't want to manage it anymore. And then we said, well, do you like the monthly income that comes in? And he said, yeah. And then we started to come to a monthly amount that he wants to make. And I think it's important to, instead of focusing on like a sale price and an interest rate and all kinds of terms, always ask them what they want to make monthly and see if they'll answer that when you're dealing with seller finance. Because once they give you that amount, you can mess with the terms however you want. For instance, it really helps you as the buyer to pay them a higher interest rate, which sounds weird, but if you pay them a higher interest rate, it keeps your sale price down as long as you come to an agreement on what they will make monthly. A higher interest 
interest rate with a lower principal for you keeps your sale price down, which helps you when you go to get your tax increase on the building because the all these areas, they're going to hit you with a tax increase once you purchase. So you're basically pushing the sale price down by, by moving their interest rate up. And then it also helps you because your interest to them is deductible. Mm-hmm. So it helps your taxes too. And in some cases, it can, you know, it can help them on their taxes in some instances. But then the biggest thing to them at that point is just how much do I make every month? And as long as you keep that monthly amount fixed, you can mess with the principal and interest however makes sense. As long as you don't get into some kind of weird, like, I'm paying you 60% interest because then that's... Well, yeah, that's like, I'm pretty sure there's regulations on predatory lending that that falls under whether they know it or not. So but within reason, you can mess with those numbers to reach a good situation for you that, you know, helps you give them the number that they want monthly. So interesting. We have been working on this week. Yeah, that's cool. I'll have to ask you. How about you? Uh, For me, I would say I had discovered cabinet jack. So in the past, when I install cabinets, I screw a piece of wood into the wall, and then I hang the cabinets on it. And it's just kind of precarious and difficult to get them level, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But this time, and I used cabinet jacks, which are like thirty-five bucks on Amazon for two of them, and you just put them on your countertop. You jack the cabinet up into the height that you want. And then you go ahead and use your cabinet screws to mount it in the wall, and you can get pretty fine-tuned with your uh, keeping the cabinet cabinet level. So highly recommend. I uh, wish I had the brand, but anyway, just cabinet jacks. Cabinet jacks. The way the way you said it, it sounds like you're sponsored by cabinet jacks. Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> part of a healthy breakfast, or what, what's that thing? Well-balanced breakfast. So yeah, man, cabinet jacks. Exactly. Big fan. Big fan. Um, yeah. Nice. <laughs> five out of five. Yeah, pretty much. My even my wife was like, "Oh wow, you didn't even swear when you did that. That was great." Something like that. So, uh, that's a good relationship. Yeah, everybody's happy. Uh, all right, man. Well, I think that's all we got for this episode. Yep. Follow follow us on Instagram at bfreere. Follow me on Instagram at four one two agent. It's all in the outro with John's weird deep voice deep version voice. of himself. Yeah. That <laughs> should probably be edited, but it's definitely weird. So I sped it up for the last one. Try to make it a little more normal. Nice. Yeah. Try. And visit our sponsor, Cabinet Jacks, um, yeah. on, on Amazon. Fine. Any brand, too. Yeah, sure. Just make sure you use our affiliate code. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. All right. Base See boost. <laughs> See you, everybody.